0: They Finally, shot him and killed him. Oh no, he killed himself. I was just thinking to myself, What did this guy? Before I said, ah, What's wrong with him? Oh, but may something not go wrong with you too. Because this life, <laughs> this life, personally, I hate the feeling that, that is let me have only 100 naira in my pocket and be roaming the streets of Enugu free. Now, give me a million dollars, put me in Los Angeles, and I feel I'm trapped. No, I go back. God knows if he said, Banky, go to Sambisa. I will run there because when he's with me, I'm free. Yeah. Yes, I won't be there watching, looking over my shoulder every time. What's going on? Even if in the midst of Sambisa forest with no money, it's better And to be in a place you feel caged. Why? <laughs> because the Lord is not with you. There's something one man said once in the People say that is hellfire. Is it literal? Is there real fire in hell? You know, I have, I have meditated. Let me first say what he said. He said it really doesn't matter. That if they separate you for eternity from loved ones, it's hell. Wow. <laughs> the day I thought about it, they said is there literal hell fire. I can assure you there's no flame like the one in your stove. <laughs> he said why? It's simple, because that would mean the place has oxygen and carbon-based stuff. So if it's not on this physical earth, there can't be oxygen there. You now say, look, listen, you must understand. When the Bible says that heaven is paved with gold, I don't believe the gold is literal, simply because it's a different. Yeah, it's a different system. I'm not taking away from the Word of God, because it's a different realm. The realm was transported down here. Then the best thing we have that we can appreciate the beauty, the durability, the excellence is gold. So we're told, actually, the thing is better than gold. Because the Bible says gold perishes. The same Bible. (laughs) So it's something different. In the same manner, I believe that the best thing that could be used to describe the torment is fire. In the same manner, I think it's worse than fire. But it's torment. It's torment. Go and read Ken Higgins' book on when he went down to hell. He said, listen, that I was passing through darkness so thick, it was as if you could cut it with a knife. Have you ever been in darkness? You can't cut with a knife, yet the terror that came upon you. Yet it was passing through darkness so thick, it was as if you could cut it with a knife let me tell you the truth. <laughs> this is the Lord that I have come to observe again. This is our Lord Jesus. Anyway, let's leave it there. Let me just leave it there. I just going to say to people, listen, always make up your mind that you are always improving when God brings you correction different ways. And I was telling you, correct your friend. Do that. What you are doing, that you are delivering him or her from death. Some of them will not listen to you. And let me just say something to you. If somebody corrects you like that, even if they are wrong, even if their judgment is wrong, don't take offense. I've heard people say before, this is what you are saying behind me. Everybody is saying it behind you. I just came to say it in front of you. Everybody is saying it behind you. You should love me for coming to say it in front of you. And if I'm wrong, thank God I'm wrong. But if I'm right, you had better take correction. Because one day hmm, one day the Lord himself will stand in your path. And that one you can't quarrel with him. Let me tell you the truth. Sometimes it will drive you mental. That's why sometimes eh, I, may, I, give, I give things up very easily, personally. Sometimes say, by faith, which kind of rubbish face is that? If donkey move, donkey will face the wall. Donkey move, you face the other wall, you begin pinning my leg. I will come down, say, donkey, bye-bye, I'm going back home. In the name of Jesus, donkey, move forward. <laughs> donkey, all these years you have been moving. Did I say in the name of Jesus? Why is it today that suddenly you require extra dose of anointing? There, something, must be, something must be wrong. <laughs> so, so, something must be, must be wrong. Something has to be wrong. I'm one person that will just come down from the donkey. Donkey, that's the way you like it. I'm going back home. And you know, you not come by the dog will now be going on the straight road. Just know an angel is blocking that side. That's why that's one thing we have done against ourselves as believers. We have ascribed too much glory to the devil, so that even when God is blocking us, we still say it's the devil. People say, "How do you know it's not the devil?" It's simple. I say, when you say in the name of Jesus, it does not shift. The name of Jesus is so powerful; everybody shifts. The only person that does not shift is Jesus Himself. So when it doesn't shift, then okay, we are going back. <laughs> I told you one of my, one of our brothers who used to follow our ministry. I've not heard from him in a very long time. He came here one day. Again, he came to buy materials. So he found out that I was around. So he came to speak with me. One day, he told me that one day he had the revelation that he actually slept and he dreamt. He was into politics. The Lord told him to run for office as counselor and he was going to win. He told him what to do. On the day of election, he, took him, he got a motorbike, got a friend of his. And they were riding from one ward to another, collecting copies of the results and all of that. That was what helped him when he didn't know anybody, physically speaking, just knew the Lord. And he was a good man. Everybody liked him. So next round of elections, everybody say, run for chairman. He dreamt. The Lord just told him, forget it. He said, the Lord told him that no matter what, I don't know whether it was one dream or two, but in one experience, the Lord told him, no matter what you do, you will lose that kind of thing, Christians started rebuking the devil. In the name of Jesus, the spirit that's blocking me from my destiny. The Lord had, oh, oh, had released his word. The day of election, do you know what? He collected all the vo- He won massively. Just before they declared the election, men bigger than him began to negotiate for political power. Look local government in the go. The governor's seat was suddenly threatened by powerful men. Part of the negotiation was the seat he just won. That was part of the negotiation. The seat he just won. <laughs> the governor just woke up. or whatever. You know the way the guys can do? Behind the back. Cancel the election. Put somebody else in his place. The whole community went crazy. The mountain protests came to government house. You know what? He was sitting beside the governor. He was that powerful himself. He said... He, all the protests he was just looking at. they didn't say anything. He knew who took the election. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was, it was. It wasn't the governor. It wasn't the people. It was the Lord that said, "All right, that's the way you want it." I will show you that there was a time I was swallowing Jonah. <laughs> but of course, he quickly repented. He just. He just. He laughed about. He laughed the whole thing off because he knew that God has shown Himself as a governor amongst the nations. God blocks people. Oh, that is why. You have to repent early, yes. take correction, because he, he will block. He will so block you, and his blocking is kindness. If you keep on pushing and release this blockade, you are going to be destroyed with the world. And there are two levels of destruction, but I won't go into that. There's one first level, just physical destruction. I wipe everybody. I'll join you inside. Tanker blow. You die inside. Everybody, just go. <laughs> you are gone. The spirit will be saved. which is is good. You know the truth? Before God comes down hard, he talks to people. Remember the story of Israel. He said, God sent messengers to them again and again. God sent messengers to them again and again. He's never in a hurry to judge people. He will send messengers again and again. Then when they refused, when he finally released the judgment against Jerusalem, against Judah, Jeremiah began to pray. God said, too late. A destruction has been determined overflowing with righteousness. So like we're saying, different levels of judgment. The best one, the easiest one, is judge ourselves. If we don't judge ourselves, that's when we get to that next level, which is the Lord beginning to judge. And Paul said that the reason why the Lord does it it's simply because he doesn't want us to be condemned with the world. That's what he says. All right, That's that First Corinthians chapter 11 where I've been reading. So, now listen to this. Uh, can we just open our Bibles? Like I said, it's supposed to be an introduction to this new thing we want to look at. Uh, the me- this message is from the Lord Jesus. Let's see what the Lord Jesus has f- for us, his people, that we are supposed to walk by. Corrections we are supposed to take. The Lord is good. And let's just read this. We've well, been reading it um when we're looking at the way, the truth, and the life, trying to describe the Lord Jesus. I'm having a nice time these days introducing him to us as being somebody who's close and is he nose. He's watching everything we are doing. Revelation chapter 1. Let me just have from verse 9. He said, I, John your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos, because of the word of the Lord and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, please bear in mind that was not a Sunday. That time they were not calling Sunday the Lord's day. Are you getting my point? David Paulson said, it's better to call it either the Lordly day or the Lordy day. That was a day in which they were supposed to swear that Caesar was Lord. But the Christians refused, and they used to have problems. So one on of those days it was a major day, like a public holiday in the kingdom. That was when he was in the spirit. And he heard behind him a loud voice, like the sound of a trumpet, verse 11, saying, Write in the book what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pegamon, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me and having turned I saw seven golden lampstands. They were all standing there on their own each one. And in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like a son of man clothed in a robe reaching to the feet and gathered across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool like snow and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like bonnish bronze, when it had been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in his strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. You know, and of Hades. Caesar doesn't have it. That's what he was trying to say. So don't be afraid. (laughs) Are you getting my point? Verse 19 Therefore, write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Just by the way, there's an interpretation that says that the, seven, the angels of the churches are the pastors of the churches, right? Have you heard that thing before? Yeah. yeah, it's not likely to be true because they did not have pastors then the way we have them now. That's just why it's <laughs> a bit unlikely. You know, we have this concept that the head of a church is called a pastor. It wasn't there then. Okay? These things are relatively recent. Okay? So what are the angels? I don't know. I don't know, but one man tried to show that they had to be literal angels. Okay? But you are wondering why is John writing to the angel? The concept he was trying to explain is that he will write and the angel was going to take the book and go and deliver it. And angels could do that. Okay? Well, I don't know exactly what he was talking about, so let's just leave that. Now, before we continue reading, I just want to bring out the fact that we have been looking at the Lord Jesus for some time and we have seen that he's the judge of the whole earth. We have seen the fact that the Bible, the, um, Peter explained that the commandment he gave in reading the Acts chapter 10 was that people will preach that he's a judge of the living and the dead. We talked about it last time that we talk about Jesus as if he's a savior alone. Jesus is a savior for a season. And that season for the whole world, we don't know how long it will be. But for each individual, also, first of all, for the whole world, it has a limit. A day will come, a literal day will come, in which the day of salvation will be over. It will happen. A day will come in which the judgment of God will begin. It will happen. All right? But that's on the global scale. But in each individual life, it's also like that. The day of salvation is not forever. It's not forever. A time comes in which salvation time is over. All right? So, but which day you don't know. You don't know. So what you do, you are urgent in convincing people. You are urgent in correcting people. And you warn, you know, the gospel was not invitation to a good life. It has never happened that you find people preaching the gospel and it's invitation to a good life. Those are modern inventions. All right? You preach the gospel and say, come, and then, you know, your life will be sweet. There are people who came, and that was the end of their good life. You get my point? Paul, a very good example. Paul was having a relatively good life until he came. When he came, they told him that, now that you have come, listen, you will have to suffer a lot for him. And he said, okay, that's my lot. And then he began to suffer for the Lord Jesus. Until finally they beheaded him one day. That's what the tradition says. But he died in prison. That one we know of for sure. The last letters he wrote in the Bible, wrote to Timothy and Co. they were written from prison. Bear that in mind. So the gospel has never been about invitation to a good life. Again, let me just take a side trip again and talk to Christians. So your faith is not about a good life. Are you getting my point? It is not a sign of faith because sometimes I hear people give testimonies. It's always about what God, how God located them from a difficult place to an easy place, and uh, that's not the gospel. You can go anywhere you like; it's your life. Are you getting my point? It's your problem, but that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. The gospel says nothing, all right, primarily about how much money you have in your pocket or you don't have in your pocket. If you read the gospel well, when you talk about the salvation, is to deliver people from judgment. It's to deliver people from judgment. That's what it's about. And when you're preaching it to people, it's not an invitation to a good life. Listen, that's why Alajid Ali Kudangote, he has all the money, and he's the richest black man we know, but he has to be saved. 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 You get my point? Being rich does not say anything at all. You can to the devil and gain the whole world. When I give some people who are not anybody as example, I look at certain principles I'm using their life to describe. You can learn the lesson from the fig tree. But somebody tells that he has to give his life to Christ too. And Jesus is very interesting. You can give your life to Christ, he closes the company. Well, that's how he does. I don't know why he does it, but he knows what he's doing. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he will do that. I'm just telling you that. Yeah, give me your life to Christ. He can tell you sell all you have and give to the Nigerian government. And you come and follow me. That's how he behaves. The gospel is not about how to get rich. There was a time when learning church growth principles, they said you preach a good message that people will feel, they won't feel condemned. Believe me, if you're a sinner, you should please feel condemned. Please feel condemned. If you're a Christian, you're walking iniquity. Please feel condemned. You shouldn't be comfortable when I'm preaching. If you're comfortable, I'm not preaching the Lord, for the Lord. I'm not preaching the truth. Please feel condemned. They say, oh, the world has beaten them already. When they come to church, they should have comfort. Which kind of rubbish comfort with that one? If it comforts you, good. If it convicts you, that's your problem, not mine. My duty is to be faithful to him that sent me. So when the Lord sends you, who cares who's offended? You know, he won Jeremiah. Yeah. He won Jeremiah. He even won Isaiah. And Isaiah's warning was, was, was dangerous. He said, The Lord spoke to me with a strong arm and said, Don't fear what these people fear. That's what t- Jeremiah said. I'm going to send it to people bigger and more powerful than you. If you're afraid of them, I will personally disgrace you before them. Get a the picture. I guess Jeremiah nodded. <laughs> so the gospel is not about making anybody feel good. That's what I'm going to say. The primary thing about the gospel is to tell people be delivered from judgment. For God thus loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Let me summarize: so that they will be delivered from judgment. That's the gospel. People are perishing now, or they will realize they are actually perishing later. Worldly success means nothing, as far as God is concerned. Do you know the one of the reasons why it doesn't mean anything to him? Do you know one of the reasons? You are the one that is impressing. Oh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs designed designed the iPhone. They brought the iPad. Then they brought the iWatch. It was there by the time they brought the iWatch anyway. But he brought this. Oh, Steve Jobs. That guy is a genius. Now people now gather and be studying the life of Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs, is it Jobs or Jobs? Which one is his name? This have said jobs. this have said jobs. All right, Steve. You know whatever it is. <laughs> anyway, everybody got to be studying his life. When the Bible says he himself does not know how, the man himself said it. Said nobody can connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. So what are we doing? We don't know. We're just doing stuff. That's why it doesn't impress God. He says iPhone was designed in heaven. I leaked the design to some people. This cloud market, you know, uh, the uh, uh, the Google Play Store, the what what Apple what are they call them? The Play Store, their store, uh, the Apple Store. Thank you, yes. the Apple Store. whether the uh, Windows or everything? God said it's not the idea. Read your Bible. I said these things will happen. Say knowledge will increase. That's how I increase knowledge. These were designed ahead. I just leaked it to some people. That doesn't impress God. And as if he wanted to make a point with Steve Jobs, alright, said, all right, fine. Steve Jobs amassed $100 billion for Apple. Then God said, come. Now you have finished laying up the money? He said, yes. Lie down here and die. With all that wealth available. <laughs> you know, Steve Jobs, his car didn't have a number. He used to drive a white Jaguar, no number. Did you know that? So they said, how did he manage it? <laughs> it was very funny. Because in California, you're allowed, I think, six weeks or three months before you register your car. So you should buy a brand new white Jaguar every few weeks. <laughs> no way you have too much money. You have too much grace. <laughs> you just, you know, you just you come up with all kinds of ideas. That was his own signature. A white, numberless Jaguar. And nobody could do anything because the car was replaced Every few weeks. I don't know what it's like three months. Driving for like three months, drop it, buy an identical one. The same model, the same everything. So you think the same car is driving. The police stops him. I just bought this one two weeks ago. When he fell sick, the best doctors in the world did everything they could. And the particular, I mean, they removed his liver, got him a new one, and replaced, replaced the old one. No, I'm telling you, the guy was humbled. That's it. And then one day with everything, God just wanted people to just know, guys, you can make all the noise you want to make. I still hold the keys of death and of Hades. That's what Jesus said. That is it. So that's why, look, what we preach is that Jesus is the judge. It's good to tell people to be saved. Actually, God likes to heal people. He likes to solve problems. That's a matter of fact. But the gospel is not, come, let's solve all your problems. No. The gospel is that I am the judge. One day, you will stand before me and you have to give account. And today is, the day, today is the day of salvation. After today is the day of judgment. That's what salvation is. And that's what the gospel is. That's what the gospel is. That's what we are preaching. And let people know it. And everybody will be judged. Muhammad will be judged by the same Jesus. Buddha will be judged by the same Jesus. Krishna will be judged by the same Jesus. All presidents, all political big wits, all of them, all rich men, all Babalaos, all of them will be judged. Every single one. The gospel is that this is the day to deliver yourself from judgment. It's not when you believe you are going to be rich. Listen to me. There are those who we believe they will become poor. God does not only give, he takes. Now, I've been saying that, so this Jesus is the judge of all. That's what we talked about the last two meetings. He says his church is where he starts judgment from. Like we've been saying all this while, that judgment comes in different levels. The best time is to judge yourself. And how do you judge yourself? You just talk to yourself and repent. And you go in prayer to God and tap grace to live life differently. And it says that the reason why judgment starts in my house, like Peter said to us in that first Peter chapter 4. We read that that before. Peter said that it is because it's going to be more difficult for the world. We Christians can go through suffering. He says it's nothing compared with what the unbelieving will go through. They are going to really cry one day. That's what he says. He said, but because of my love he said to David, I will not take my loving kindness away from your offspring, from your children. And he was talking about the Messiah and the people that are in him. He said, so because of that, what I would do is to discipline them with the rod of men. I would discipline them in different ways so that they will not be condemned with the world. Are you getting my point? So if you see the book of Revelation, this was how it went. First, this is where it started from where in chapter 1. For the next few chapters until the end of chapter 3, his letter was to the church. Last time we looked at chapter four, and we saw the seals, the seven seals broken, and the first seal you know, revealed had a white horse and a rider on it, and then second seal. Well, let me not mix it up now. But we saw the different seals broken. One, the horse was red, and it was signifying the problem it was on the cause. People fighting wars were going to be incited by angel that's released. We saw that a dark horse will go out, bringing death and Hades be following with it. An ashen horse going out with disease and all of that. And all of these things going on. And it's not even yet the seventh seal. By the time the seventh seal was broken, everywhere was silent. We said that was the the eye of the storm. Meaning that everything that was done before is now going to be put together and released one more time. This time around it was broken into seven stages. And the angels began to sound. The first angel sounded. Trouble came. Second angel sounded, more trouble. Third angel sounded, more trouble. The fourth angel sounded, more trouble still. And the eagle was flying and said, whoa, (laughs) on the inhabitants of the earth, that despite all that you have seen, you have not seen anything yet. I am crying like this because there are still three more things to be sounded, which shows that those things were terrible. Are you getting my three more trumpets to come? and Terrible things are going to occur. That's what is coming over the world because of the unbelieving. But he said, the church, what do I do? I judge them first. I purify them. Let's talk about that. What God is doing is purifying his church. That's what Jesus is doing. He's purifying his people. Everything that is in them that is negative, he said, I have to remove. I have to remove those things. And he was just introducing himself here and telling John, write these letters to the churches. We will see as we go on that the letters had a number of things in them. You will see Jesus telling people, okay, that, no, let me first start with this. The letters, I said this last time also, just to review it briefly. Some will say that there are seven churches which we, we saw listed here. We know, Ephesus, you know Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Some will say that those each church stood for a particular period, for a particular period. That, but some will say no. The church, well, whether they say it or not, the fact that the churches were literal, there were churches there at that time, and John knew all the churches, and he was supposed to write to all these churches. Okay. And now, But what we are saying is that, is it literal or applied? Actually, it is both of them. First, it is literal. He now said, and that's what I'm talking about it. He will now see here and there. By the time he finishes speaking to one person, he will now tell you, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He kept on saying that. What does that tell you? That is, it is not, even though it's addressed to a particular church, every Christian with an ear should listen to all all of it. That is, you will look at the letter written to the church in Ephesus. Find out what he commended. Find out what he you know, rebuked. Find out what, he, what correction he, he, he gave to them. Find out the promise he gave. and Find them the judgment promise if they don't listen to rebuke and they'll be corrected. Are you going to And they'll repent. He said, let him that have an ear, let him pay attention to all of these things. So you go to the church in Ephesus, analyze these things and ask yourself, how is my life going in this direction? As, as, as the Lord was speaking here, how does He apply to me? You go to the church in Smyrna, the same thing. There are times you say, you guys are doing okay. So am I doing as okay as these people? What are they doing that is good? What can I emulate? There are times He will say that, look, what you guys are doing, you are tolerating nonsense. Ask yourself first, what am I tolerating that I'm supposed to tolerate? What are those people tolerating? How am I tolerating it now? And I'm convinced of this. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. A lot of problems we have had in this country. This is our country. Anyway, you've heard me say it before, not, not today. That is the problem of the church. It's the problem of the church. You know, I was talking yesterday, I was at Newey. I was sitting down with some guys, and they were talking. One of them, a specialist, of course, a professor in, in, in the hospital there. He said he doesn't know why Islam is bombing. He said they don't need to bomb. That, that, that the bombing that the people are doing, the extremists are doing, is spoiling their religion. That if they will just stop bombing, they will take over everywhere. And he began to explain his reason why. I gave him some I, I quoted David Parson for him, and he said this is exactly what I'm saying. That David Paulson said something. Let me just tell you what David Parson said before I get back to what that man said. David Parson said that listen, that why are a lot of Europeans go, becoming Muslims? And a lot of them are becoming Muslims. He said, What is the reason? He said, Because the church is annoying. And what was he saying? He said, Listen. The world likes the church to be the church so that they know where to go when they have to go somewhere. They may insult you. They may fight you. But they respect you despite all of these things. They respect you. They may insult you. They may argue with you. They may attack you. But there is respect. What is respect? They know that you are not like us. So the problem began when the church now started trying to adapt itself to the world. And you notice this, and just watch your news, read everything we are talking about. Is the church? This was in Europe, and America too. Went to America. Is churches that start discussing: Can we ordain homosexual bishops? Can we conduct homosexual marriages? You never heard the Muslim discuss that. Even in America, they don't carry that near the mosque. It is churches that will be demanding you have to wed us. It's a Christian they will go and meet and say, Come and do catering for a marriage type you don't believe in. They don't go near Muslims. Because by the time the Muslim is done with you, all of you will be with problem of Muhammad sharing out the virgins. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> she be a Christian, you are dragging him to court. You will drag that Muslim to court for murder, not for refusing to do catering. And you remove your neck. When you get to the court, you shout, Allah Akbar. The judge won't know what to do. <laughs> a man you are sent to the gallows who is telling, who is telling you it's a matter. Yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about. Respect. So you see, but the church has so weakened itself over time that the world offers it a lot of rubbish. Why won't they? Like that man I was talking, I was talking, about, talking to a man yesterday. He, he said, look, why won't they? This was the man I was talking to yesterday. He said, why won't they? He said, first, the church first bastardized marriage. They are not saying the word that a man can carry, marry a man. They won't listen to you. As far as they are concerned, you are hypocrites. <laughs> now He was explaining, the person was explaining that, why do people go to the mosque? He said, at least, let's have direction. Not listening to people who don't know what's up with them. Now, please, bear that in mind. I am convinced. This is why I want to do it. A lot of problems we have in Nigeria, I don't believe is a problem anywhere outside the church. I am convinced that it is nine, no, 100% the church problem. Not 99. As long as it's say 99. But it's 100% the church problem. Listen, as far as I'm going Nigeria, it's a problem of Christianity, not the problem of Islam. The problem in this country is Christianity. The Christians behave as if they don't know Jesus. Jesus is just a savior. He's not the Lord. He's a savior. Saviour will commit sins. Be careful to forgive it. Okay? That's how we will behave. About to go and steal money. Jesus, get my forgiveness ready. Get two doses because to this take is going to be heavy. I want to tell the church: God will soon kill all the people who behave like that. Jesus will soon come and slaughter us if we don't stop that nonsense. I'm making us a Christian, Muslim, the most corrupt government in recent times in Nigeria was headed by a Christian. So-called, because this is anybody go church, you don't know who will be who. It's not even the, the president I'm talking about. It's the money sharers, and they were when, we, when we we're defrauding the country, we we're being anointed pastors. Yes, we're collecting titles. I told you that day. One of my friends used to work for. It was it was a big manager. You know this, you know those senior 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 managers. Before he left banking, I went into an MPC. And they came to my house and we were talking. They were laughing. Ah! He said, "My guy is a criminal." He said, "One day he's going to prison." I didn't know the boy was prophesying. He said, "My guy is a criminal." And when he said he's laughing, you know. Then one day God now told Sanusi to go and clean the place. Christians, they are taking our banks. They are taking our banks. You couldn't talk to yourself. What was it? They were not promotion, promotion, <laughs> promoting everybody. Once we bring girlfriend, promotion. We behave so... I'm telling you, Christians, we used to behave like morons. Some of our big... No, I'm not... Look, what I want to tell you is disgraceful, but I'll say it. Some of these are our big churches. They had inst- standing instructions that if a bank manager joins your church, send his name to a for follow-up. You'll be ordained by quarter quarter. You think they're ordaining you? It's your pocket that's been ordained. <laughs> The man who gave this gist, was a senior pastor in one of those churches. He resigned and went to Anglican church. Say I don't tire. He said this was my instruction, senior pastor. You check the financial status of those who are joining. If he, if, the, if the guy is a bank manager, glow manager, MTM manager, follow up now from now from headquarters. In three years we we'll promote him, make him a deacon. So when he has title, he won't go away. I, and you think Shekau is your problem. Well, the one that told me that one child wanted to open branch, let me not talk. And the pastor was laughing. Said, Why are they going to open pr- branch in a lagbado? How much money will you invest before you get your returns? So they are going to plant a branch in VI. If they just get three guys in VI, investment has been paid off. When we check, the tithe is not good enough, we add another message to it. First fruits. First fruits came how many years ago? It's recent now. And the tithe money was not meeting the need, so introduce first fruits. Then we look and look and say, ah, this is not good enough. Tell them to redeem their firstborn. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you the truth. We are laughing. He's not finding it funny. He said, "One day I'm going to kill somebody." So, Banky, go ahead and tell them to stop this rubbish. Otherwise, one day I am going to kill somebody. You know, one pastor in South Africa. You heard the story now. One judgment wants to come. The guy was sleeping with all the babes in church. God, they look up. Come to his, on Sunday, would say, the "Righteousness of the Spirit." Because of this boy, I'm warning you. Repent now you not repent. You know when God, when Jesus said, oh yeah, take that guy out. You know what happened to him? His wife traveled. Now he's stripped naked. Carrie phone. Sent to one woman. Said, see, this is your home for this weekend. Mama, don't go. Unfortunately, he sent it to the church chat group. <laughs> 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 the guy is sorry for the man. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He sent the church chat group. He took a gun and shot himself. Oh yes, he did. God has been. You know, if he had sent that thing to his wife, say, Ah, madame, I'm waiting for you. People will say, embarrassed. Ah, pastor. I say, pastor is romantic. Yeah. They, they, they will be embarrassed. They will delete it. Did not say, Ah, like pastor God, give me a husband like this guy. You say so yeah. romantic man. <laughs> they, that's it. There will be nothing. Well, because he sent another woman in the church. That's it. The embar- I said, why? If you just travel, go, just carry yourself. Go to Egypt. Nobody knows you in Egypt. The Lord is good. True story. True story. What well, I've told is true story. Ah, I just looked and I said, Father. I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for him. That's what happens when God gives us time to repent. And we don't. What are we looking at here? We'll continue next and let's close now. So let us know that this nonsense we are doing, Jesus said, I won't tolerate it forever. I want to look at it one by one. We must be corrected. We must correct ourselves. We must correct our, our brothers. And please, you are in a church, your pastor is misbehaving, your elders are misbehaving, we'll talk about it. Because one of these problems are problems of pastors and elders. Join and pray. If possible, call somebody who has seen and say, "Talk to this man." You know the reason. Mark my words: the Lord Jesus has taken so much from the Nigerian church. He has taken so much, and he says, "I cannot. It is impossible to answer your prayers concerning corruption in your country if I don't deal with you people. I can't." He say, "I'm giving people time now to repent." He said, when I unleash my wrath amongst my people, then they won't even know how to pray again. Repent the time of peace. You don't need a cathedral over your head to prove that you are blessed of God. Any money that will not come while you are preaching the truth, you don't need it. You don't need it. What are we doing with the money? Will not come up with f- fantastic projects. I mean. One of these pastors. God said the next girl I see you touch. And if she's not your wife. I will kill you. Tired. Just be disgracing my name anyhow. It gets to a point. people don't say pastor. I better forget that thing. I remember the days of SU. When you say you're SU. They may not like you. But you were respected. Yes, I won't be preaching to you that you know God, God, God doesn't punish people, He will punish you. If you say that thing again. Because you see, he was angry with those who lead his people to sin. This time around, open your mouth and let Christians know God punishes them. Ah, Oh the Lord is good though. But that's what we're going to do. Let me close here. I just wanted to, I want want us to start. I I didn't know I I wouldn't get there today, but we'll start looking at it one by one. What are the things he loves? What are the things he says he will judge? One of the things he will judge is wrong doctrines that condone iniquity. You read it wrong doctrines that condone iniquity. That one he will judge. Let's bow down heads. Let's just thank him. So, Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see whether there's any hurtful thing in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Everybody just declare after me, say, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I declare declare that I love the Lord. I'm a son, a daughter of righteousness. Of of holiness. Of of righteousness. Of of holiness. Of 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 the fear of God. I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. I reverence his name. I, reverence his I, fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. I declare that I fear the Lord. Fear the With Lord. my spirit I fear the Lord. From my heart I fear the Lord. Say my life. My life say my life, my life. Will, give glory to his name. will give glory to his name. Now I wanted to say this. Eh? You say that, Lord, nobody will look at me and despise your name. No. Spend a minute on that. Say it any language you want. Look, my character, my conduct. My character, my conduct will not bring shame to you. They will not say, ah, so this one too is a Christian. Say, Look, anywhere I have sold your name, I repent today. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. Say the strength to walk in righteousness. Say it after I me. Mean, the, the strength to walk in righteousness. I receive it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. The, name of the, strength Jesus. Holiness, the strength to walk in holiness. I receive it. I receive in, the in, the in, the in the name of Jesus. Say this is the will of God concerning me. This is the will of God concerning now say I like say, it, is it is written. This is the will of God concerning me. This is the will of God concerning my, sanctification. my sanctification. Say I receive it. I, receive it. I abide by it. I abide I walk in it. I walk in Sanctification. In it. Sanctification. Sanctification. Say, Holy spirit, Holy spirit, purge me totally, purge me totally. In, the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what God is doing, is washing us, purifying us Amen. with the washing of water by the word. Amen. Be washed in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, be washed in the name of Jesus. Amen. The spirit, the humble spirit that listens to correction, it is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. The spirit that repents and becomes closer to the Lord. That is your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pride is removed from you. Amen. Why did I say pride? Uh, you know, Can't take correction. Who is that guy talking to me? That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. God will take pleasure in your life. Amen. God will look at you and say, that is my boy. That is my girl. Amen. You know, God likes some people. Yes. He does so. Yeah. He does, though. Oh. <laughs> we are not all equal, though. Go and read my track, I will only be equal before God. God likes some people. He's proud of them. Have you considered my servant Job? That's how God talks about some people. Some people say, I don't consider because I don't want to kill somebody. Some people say, have you considered? That would be your own testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray a prayer for you. Your heart will love that commendation. Amen. You no, know, some people I uh, had a colleague that I when I was seven. His greatest fear in life was poverty. I said, he fears poverty. God said, don't fear anything that can only kill the flesh. Some people they are great. Te- ah, the greatest thing they want in life. Say, woman, oh, say I just want to go to America so I can buy my own house. I say, want to go and beg that and go. <laughs> yes, yeah, some people do that. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Now it will be important to you. That's what I'm praying. And th- after this amen, it will possess you. The pleasure of God will be important to you. Amen. You will love to please the Lord. Amen. Ah, your heart will cry to please the Lord. Amen. David said, my heart pants after you. He said like a soul in the thirsty land, pants after water. That is how I am panting after you. When he said, in the dry and weary land where there is no water, that's what he was saying. A man is in the dry and weary land where there is no water. His heart pants after what? Water, he says, So my soul longs after you. That is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. You will never be satisfied. Amen. You always want more of God. Amen. That's what I mean. You will always want more of Him. You always want to be better. You will always want to be better, Amen. You will want to be better. Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we give you thanks. As the people depart from here, Lord, they continue your presence. Amen. No evil will befall them, Amen. no plague will come near, near their dwelling place. Amen.